The following program presents principles designed to promote good health and is not intended to take the place of personalised professional care. The opinions and ideas expressed are those of the speakers. Viewers are encouraged to draw their own conclusions about the information presented. Welcome to Healthy Living. I'm your host, Margot Marshall. Roses are red, violets are blue. Sugar is sweet, but is it good for you? What about the effect of sugar on the brain? Think you've heard it all? Think again. Healthy Living is a 13-part production of 3ABN Australia Television, focusing on the health of the whole person, body, mind and spirit. You'll learn natural lifestyle principles with practical health solutions for overall good health. In the studio today with me we have Dr John Clark and health psychologist Jennifer Skews. Welcome John and welcome Jennifer, so Thank pleased you. to have you on the program and this is a very sweet topic that we have today. <laughs> Tell us about sugar and the brain John. You know that we in America import enough sugar for every American to eat 150 pounds, that's about 70 kilos, mm. a year. Oh. And, you know, and since, uh, you know, I don't eat that much, somebody else is eating more. <laughs> I don't eat much at all, so someone's getting all my lot. Oh, that's tragic, isn't it? And we've become a society that loves sugar. Mm-hmm. And sugar is very addictive. Mm, I mean, sugar is something that is more addictive than cocaine. Really? Really. Studies really? show it raises the dopamine in your brain to a larger extent. Mm-hmm than does cocaine. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was uh, in school, we had this group called the Canadian Brass coming to uni mm-hmm. to do a consort. Mm-hmm. They were probably the best brass group in the world from Canada. And uh, when they arrived, there was a reception in their honor in progress. The reception involves a punch, a sweet drinks, uh, what would you say here? We uh, there we say Cake. cookies, okay. but yeah. uh, you biscuits. say biscuits, <laughs> uh, sweet biscuits, and they offered the men some. The men turned it down. The mu- musician said, "We cannot drink your sugary punches or eat your sugary sweets. If we do, we will not be able to tongue our notes like you'd like to hear them tongued, mm. and our concert will be a disaster." Oh, so it affects your tongue. So it affects your tongue, it affects your nerves, it affects your brain, it slows you down, it makes Mm -hmm. your blood thick. Wow. And so sugar has quite a dramatic effect on the body, just as it is immediately absorbed. That's incredible. I never, I never knew, (laughs) I never knew that sugar could do that, that you could affect the way your tongue works. Mm. I mean, women don't experience that. They can talk all day long. Sugar <laughs> just, just takes just to talk more. <laughs> just talk more. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just having a little, little go at women. Yes. So you can imagine what it does to children. And oh, one of the things yeah. I find is in our culture, children will come home from school and they're given the red cordial full of sugar or a sugar drink or even a mm. fruit juice with lots mm. of sugar in and then something sweet, a bit of cake, a biscuit, something like that. And then the parents finding the child is virtually climbing the walls because mm. they are so hyped up and then they crash. So what it does, the blood mm. sugar is 
just skyrockets yeah. and then it will do a corresponding low. Oh. So once it hits a certain point, because the body's producing too much insulin, mm. this is, happens in children, you're going to have this massive drop and then they're in tears and they're irritable and they won't go to bed, they can't sleep. Um, sugar can cause insomnia. You know, it, it's oh. a reason we get insomnia mm -hmm. because it boosts the blood sugar and then we have this constant blood sugar problem and what will happen then, um, particularly after midnight, if your blood sugars drop too quickly and if you've just had something to eat in the evening and you've had a dessert or sweets or chocolates, your blood sugars will plummet and it wakes you up. Oh, is yeah. that what Be Because when we, when we go to sleep, a normal sleep cycle is after midnight, the blood sugars slowly drop. It's like okay. an inverse relationships. As blood sugars are dropping, we're actually waking up. So when our body's healthy and our sugar levels are right and we metabolise, then it's a slow process. By about six in the morning, we're ready to wake up and have breakfast. And breakfast is to break the fast. Yes. So that's where, and then we meant to have the healthy foods we're talking about, which will be fruits and grains or whatever, to stabilise the blood sugars and give us fuel for the day. Yeah. Now, if you skip meals, like you skip the breakfast or the child gets up and has fruit loops and all these sweet things, as you can imagine, yeah. you can see how their brain, how can they go to school and study and learn? That's right. It's, it's actually quite tragic what's in, uh, in the breakfast cereals. Mm. I've gone down the breakfast cereal aisle many times taking supermarket tours and looking at the labels yes. and it's a challenge it's an absolute yeah. challenge to find a handful if that of breakfast cereals that you think would be appropriate yes. and not yeah. high in sugar and low in, in fiber and so on and and the yes. tragedy is that that's for the people who eat breakfast many don't unfortunately but yes. those who do that's usually where they make their choices. So well, it is. And it's not a great, Process terrible cereals. start for the day, actually. Mm -hmm. And then they add another two or three <laughs> teaspoons. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, you get that. kids who love to put the sugar on oh, and you can yes. see how well, they, that sweet tooth we talk about oh. develops because yes. this is the craving. And I, I It's interesting that there's a famous doctor in America who does a whole program that he calls How to Hypnotize a Baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> and in the nursery, it's often difficult to take a newborn and to prick them with different pins and needles, you know, in their process of doing what they think is important for health. And so if they give them a little bit of sugar syrup on their tongue, mm. all of a sudden they're zoned out. Really? Because the dopamine goes up, they got mm. the feel-good sensation, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a strong drug in actuality. That's that's uh, that's really incredible. You know, you're talking about being addictive and more addictive than cocaine. I'm just just wondering how many of the people tuning in would even realise that, or even maybe want to believe it, because uh, it's it's not what we want to hear. Actually, um, you talk about a sweet tooth. I know someone who's got 32 of them. <laughs> no names on the grounds that it might incriminate. Well, when it, <laughs> when it comes to addictions, sugar, it, as you said, it boosts the dopamine rapidly. Mm. And, that, and dopamine is our feel-good. It's one of the mm. feel-good neurotransmitters. Mm. It's the thing that picks up our mood yes. and helps us to feel good. But it has other actions. It also helps mobility and other factors in the brain. Mm. But when you have the sugar hit, it, it, it boosts it so high, but it actually decreases the dopamine receptors. So that means your oh. ability to feel good is reduced over time and then you've got to have more sugar 
to pick yourself up. So it, right? that's, that's where the saying. addictive cycle starts to come in. Yeah. Um, so it, it has quite a profound effect on the brain mm. uh, and it can overstimulate our re- what we call our reward system and yeah. that's a system in the brain that feeds addictions of wanting more and more and more. So you've sort of got a double factor there happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't take long. You don't have to have a sugar for a year to get addicted. You know, once you start, it happens very, very quickly. How quickly? Mm. Well, you have a look at children. Once, once they have a taste for sugar, you take them shopping. What do mm-hmm. they do? They want mm-hmm. lollies, they want the biscuits, they want, you know, and they do anything to get what they want, mm-hmm. you see. So it's, it's, I mean, I haven't looked as far as the exact time frame, but mm. it is very rapid. Yeah, very short. Yeah, it's like caffeine. You have a few caffeine drinks, which is loaded with sugar. Yeah. It's the same principle. You'll find then you'll feel it. Um, mm. You also go through a massive withdrawal when you stopped eating sugar. And anyone who stopped, they get headaches, they, get, they can shake, they can tremor. Um, mm. People who consume a lot of alcohol, you know, the, what they call the DTs when they're shaking and that. Yes. It's that sugar withdrawal. Um, and the blood sugar plummets that has all these different effects. Mm. So it's not nice. No, it's not nice. I encourage people to try it. (laughs) They feel better afterwards. The other effect on the brain of sugar is it shuts down the blood flow to the frontal lobes. Oh dear. And the frontal lobes of your brain Mm. are where you do your higher thinking, Mm -hmm. where you sort out the difference between right and wrong, Mm -hmm. good and bad. Uh, it's really the part of your brain that distinguishes you from a monkey. That's right. It's a distinction you want to maintain. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> oh, and goodness. for this child that goes into school and has been eating a lot of sugar, that distinction is blurred as their frontal lobe shut down. They mm. become a greater discipline problem. Mm-hmm. And then as far as their grades go, a student eating more sugar will have at least one letter grade, lower grades, mm. for a given time period. Mm. And so it affects their academics. It would. That's, that's really, um, you know, broad, broad in its scope of what it's doing to us as, as people. It's not just, you know, our, our, um, what's doing us physically, but to our mind and to our decision making and, and who we are as a person. You don't think about that, I suppose, well, when you you're don't. enjoying something yeah. that's sweet. Yeah. But you affect the rational thinking brain. Mm. Yeah, and this is because you... Your frontal lobes, that neocortex, is the left brain is more the thinking, processing mm-hmm. brain, and the right brain is a direct link into the emotional brain. And with sugar, it because it affects those lobes, it will stimulate the emotional brain, and the thinking brain can't rationalise. Oh. So this means we have an imbalance in brain function, okay. um, and then things go straight. Like with sugar, the information can go straight into emotion instead of being able to go hang on that's not a very nice thing to say or do mm. you know and it because uh, sugar gets you on a hyper you know and when you're hyper how often do you think or mm. what comes out of your mouth yeah you think oh I wished I hadn't said that but mm. you have that sugar hit and it's more likely to happen because mm. of those reasons mm. yes yeah, so um very significant fa- uh, things going on there John what Yes, and so for the student that's been eating sugar and the frontal lobes are shut down, they're not thinking, they're not working with their higher intelligence, Mm -hmm. and they're more likely to overreact to things or just to be in la-la land and we (laughs) slap on them a diagnosis of ADHD, hyperactivity disorder. Uh, or or they're bipolar. Uh, yes. When they're up, they're up. When we're down, That's they're down. That's another one. They can be Are misdiagnosed. Are you serious? Mm. That they might be diagnosed mm. as bipolar yes. when it's oh, yes. really just sugar? Yes. Yes. 
And that's how it presents because it puts you on a high. You know, and sugar hypes, it gets energy going and it's, it's, it mimics the same condition yeah. as the person who's in a mania. So um, they don't actually have bipolar, but no, they're diagnosed. they're acting like. And then they're yeah. treated yeah. As, as they would be With if they had medication that. for bipolar. Because that's a mental illness. So then they're on drugs that they're not even, that's not even appropriate. Would that be right? That would be right. Oh, mm. that's, that's incredible. Is there any more bad news? <laughs> <laughs> Sugar has a lot to answer for when you look at yes. the impact of it. And, yes. and people don't know. This is a problem. Mm. People aren't aware of it. Yes. And they don't read their labels. They don't have a look. You know, and, this is, and I guess some of maybe what we need to talk a bit about, well, what can you have? Because people mm. do like to eat something sweet. So that's mm. where your field comes into it. What sort of things might you recommend, John? You know, one of the best yeah. things you can do once you get used to it uh, for eating something sweet is to eat fruit. Mm-hmm. You see, when you buy something that has refined sugar in it, it's got one type of sugar in megadoses. But you get a fruit, there's many glyconutrients that are in mm. balance that help each other mm. so that they don't overwhelm you mm-hmm. with one uh, unique type. And so if you can eat fresh fruit, uh, bananas, apples, mm. pears, oranges, grapefruit, uh, papayas, mm-hmm. mangoes, we'll get hungry here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> then you're getting your sugar from a good source. Yes. And, and even for the diabetic, if we put them on even a 50 to 80 percent fresh fruit for breakfast and they chew it well and they choose the mm-hmm. right fruits, they can do much better really? than if they try other things. Now, that's probably not the, what they're used to hearing, John. So uh, That's correct. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the yeah. physician will tell them, okay, you're diabetic, that's the end of fruit for you, one mm-hmm. half piece a day. And uh, other than that, you're restricted. And then, uh, you know, your risk of cancer goes up when you don't eat fruit. Other problems increase when you don't eat fruit. Mm. But it's not the fruit because the fruit has fiber. The fruit has minerals. The fruit has phytochemicals to go along with the sugar so that your body handles it in the correct way at the correct time. Mm. I'm not saying that a diabetic should become a fruititarian. No, no. Mm. But on the other hand, there's many nutrients in fruit that they don't want to be without. That's right. And for the children coming to school, if they would eat an apple, Mm -hmm. a pear, an orange, banana, banana instead of, you know, uh, a biscuit, Mm. then they'd be much Mm. better off. Yes. I think the other thing that I've, and I educate my clients with, is loaded sugars, not just sugar, but there's glucose and there's sucrose. And as soon as they take sugar out of something and add it in separately, it's going to do the same thing. It's a sugar. There are many forms of sugar that people aren't aware of. And Mm -hmm. so it says sugar free, and you read it, and it's got sucrose in it, or some other form of sugar that still is not good. So it's not just about. The, the sugar we're aware of, which is the cane sugar, it's about all types of yes, sugar. Yes, yes. Yeah. And what about honey? Where does that come <coughs> into, the, into this? Uh, well, you know, thing? like the Bible says, a little honey's good, too much uh, can make you vomit. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, you know, there's a oh, balance yeah. in everything, especially yeah. in, in where you're getting your yeah, sugar from. Yeah. So a little honey's good. And honey is, well, uh, honey doesn't make your blood sugar go as high as an equal amount of sugar would. Mm. It's 85% less. Oh. Okay. And it's got still, some... Still a fair bit, though, isn't it? We don't want too much, but still, yeah. It's got some other things about it that are beneficial. It mm. helps your immune system a bit. It doesn't make your cholesterol go up like regular sugar does. Mm. A lot of uh, unique things about uh, honey that you wouldn't think for the fact that it is about the same uh, sugar level as table sugar. No, so it's a little bit less. Mm. 
Mm. Well, there's some pretty good advice in the, in the good book, isn't there? And it was Solomon, I believe, who wrote that proverb. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm intrigued, actually. He wrote about so many things in life. He was the wisest man who ever lived. And I was just fascinated that he wrote a couple about, about honey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, find honey just enough and you're too much in your vomit. I couldn't believe my eyes the first time I read that. I thought, oh... That's in the Bible. I just didn't expect to sort of see, see something, something like that. Quite like that. Practical advice. Yes, going mm. way back thousands mm. of years, mm. and we could benefit from some of that too. We do, and this is where the more we know about what mm. we're eating and what we're putting in our system and how mm. it affects us, um, this is where education on the level of yes, and an education like I, even though I'm a psychologist, educating people about what they put in their body does to the brain and does mm. to the mood, and mm. you know, people who are on too much sugar often have mood swings, they get irritable, um, they can start to feel really unwell, the brain gets very confused, they can't focus, they can't make good decisions, um, they're more likely to be anxious or aggressive as well as it can drop you into that pit of depression. And then that's what you've just been talking about, that mm. impacts into relational things. Mm. So we've, mm. we've got these four aspects of our being, mental, physical, spiritual mm-hmm. and social. So something that's affecting your mood definitely isn't going to be helpful for relationships. No, it's not. Um, it can especially destroy between parents and children mm. <laughs> or, any, or anybody for mm. that matter. Mm. Look, what about, what about stevia? Well, stevia is mm-hmm. merely a plant leaf if mm-hmm. you're taking the pure form of it. Mm-hmm. And it has a sweet flavor. It's about uh, 200 times uh, sweeter than regular sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a bit of a bitter after twang okay. that some people don't like. But okay. uh, for the average person, uh, if they like it, it's good. You don't want things like Truvia, which is uh, a chemical form of stevia that's okay. just manufactured mm-hmm. in, a, in a laboratory. But uh, you do have this, a similar effect that it does raise your dopamine in your brain. Mm-hmm. And the one downside to super sweet things that don't carry calories is that your brain says, I want those calories that your sweetness suggested I should get. And so you end up craving carbohydrates. Um. And you tend to make up for what you didn't get by eating more C- carbohydrates. Carbo- which puts the weight <coughs> on. And that creates another problem on all levels. Yeah. Now, one of the sugars you definitely want to avoid is high fructose, like high fructose corn syrup, corn sugars. Uh, There's different products on the market that carry high fructose. Gave is a newer one I've noticed for a while now, which is from a cactus. It's almost pure fructose. Mm. And fructose will raise the inflammation in your body. It'll burn out your liver. It'll Mm -hmm. oxidize the cholesterol right in your liver, so you end up with more heart disease. And so we're getting this, I mean, there's fructose in fruit, isn't there? Now, when you get your fructose or fructose in fruit, you're getting it in very small quantities and you're getting it balanced okay. with other glyconutrients. Oh, I see. Although for some people who are fructose or fructose intolerant, eating things like figs, which are one of the highest in fructose, will give them a problem. Okay. okay. All right. So that's a dried fruit because it's more concentrated. Dried or whole. Oh, is that right? All right. So I think the important thing there is you're talking about the fructose that comes in corn syrup. That's, that's a, a highly processed thing where the, it's been extracted out of the corn and you're not getting it in its natural state. So you're not saying that fruit is bad. And I was just thinking back too about the amount of sugar you say that, that um, 
people are eating in your country and we're not too far behind them as far yeah, as I same know. Here. But I remember reading somewhere that to get two, if you had a, a metre or a yard of um, sugar cane, you'd only get a couple of teaspoons out of that. Now, I guarantee, I mean, I guarantee that if you had to get two teaspoons of sugar a day and you had to get it from a metre of um, <laughs> sugar, cane. sugar cane, you would not do it because I, you just wouldn't. And it's because we've altered food so much and we've just... Um, made it so easy to ingest things that mm. in great quantities that you never could mm. unless we'd done those things to them, unless we'd refined them in that way. It's, that's, that's really the difficulty, isn't it? In, in a lot of areas, just not, not sure. Oh yeah, you think of the efficiency of that, the inefficiency of that. Mm. I mean, mm. you could easily eat 10 meters of sugarcane. <laughs> Your dessert, <laughs> and yet should you? I no, mean, it's no, like this it, no. is ecologically damaging. No, it's know. like juicing fruit. You're having three apples in. Imagine all the sugar in mm. three apples in a juice. Mm. You mm. see, this is the same problem. And we it, don't always think of those things. It easily, easily get down more than one glass on a hot day. I think another big problem is there's so many. Um, chemical sweeteners around like Splendor and you know, there's quite a few of them and again they're from what I hear they're not good either they can really do damage to the system. Mm. Yes so when you're trying to fool the system it's, mm. it's a problem right away yeah. mm. <clears throat> so for example they've studied some of these artificial sweeteners mm. and the brain is supposedly confused by it and then you crave carbohydrates mm. A lot of these chemical sweeteners, which do not occur in nature, are not a part of the human diet from the mm. beginning, mm. are dangerous. Splenda, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we worry about holes in the ozone from uh, chlorinated and fluorinated hydrocarbons. Mm. Splenda is just chlorinated sugar. Mm. They took off all the hydrogen wow. groups and replaced yeah. it with chlorine. Mm. And it's like, how can a chlorinated hydrocarbon mm. be good for me? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then your, you know, NutraSweet yeah. uh, or yeah. uh, Equal is, mm. is the other one. And, mm. and this is a methyl alcohol connected up with aspartate and phenylalanine. And when it breaks down, you get methyl alcohol. Well, that's what makes people go blind. Mm. They use it as, as poison Sounds on awful. soldiers. And, mm. and uh, yes, so you, you got to get away from the chemicals. I mean, the sugar's bad enough as it is and uh, so uh, sometimes trying to replace it with something high-tech may backfire. It's not a good idea. Well for anyone tuning in that's maybe having lots of sugar or their children or family having lots of sugar this, this must be very challenging to listen to. Um, what should they be doing? Is it like, oh, that's all too hard, can't no. do it? You can educate people if people are willing. And yeah. if, if a parent has a child that is really a problem and it's the sugar that's the problem, they will put the effort in. And this is what I find. And mm. I educate um, you know, parents to look at what we call low GI foods for their children. Right. And that includes your whole grains, your seeds, your nuts mm. and your fruits you know, and there's a lot you can do with that where children, when they need something to eat or in their lunches and that, to have yeah. some of these foods yes. and it can be made, you know, they can be enjoyable or make it fun for them mm. um, and give them variety will help them to stabilise their blood sugars. Yes. And that means they will learn better, they'll sustain their energy through the day, they're not going to come home and climb the walls as they say yeah. or run amok. That's yes. right. Yeah. John, just want to clear up something. You've, a couple of times you've mentioned that when uh, people have these artificial sweeteners, they crave carbs. Now, 
There's a lot in the um, press out there about low carb diets. You're not talking about the good carbohydrates, are you? You're talking about the refined ones, that the uh, you know confectionery type carbs. That's what you were referring to there. I would would have thought. Well, what they crave will be carbohydrate, whether it's refined or not. Uh, if we're looking at carbohydrates and the good ones, then you want uh, definitely want unrefined carbohydrates. Yes, the yes. difference being for like here, we're talking about our students is if you go and you eat like uh, oatmeal, it's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of carbohydrate, mm -hmm. but it's not going to spike the blood sugar up, and then it's not going to, as a follow-up, spike the blood sugar down. Mm -hmm. It'll keep the blood sugar sustained at a steady rate, uh, yeah, sustained evenly. Yes. Whereas if they eat uh, refined sugar, it's going to, or even cornflakes and milk, mm -hmm. it's going to send the blood sugar up real fast, and it's going to come crashing down. down, and then if you're the teacher in the school, and about 10 <laughs> o'clock the students all crash, you're oh, hoping you okay. can send them out the recess before the lid blows off the classroom. <laughs> oh, it must be really challenging. Yeah, I referred to the low GI factor. Yes. Well, people who might know what GI is, it's a glycemic index yes. that tells you how fast you burn food, or how fast food burns. How fast yeah. So if you have foods that are slow burners, like we talked about, your whole grains and nuts and seeds and fruits, then it'll sustain the blood sugars for a long time. Whereas when you have the fast burners, which you um, refined foods and refined sugars, mm. they, they burn rapidly, give the boost and then drop off very quickly. Yeah. So we want foods that slow down that, that blood sugar yes. release. So what you're looking for for breakfast, uh, say for your students, is something that's a grain that still has all the fiber there. Yes. And you might be thinking, well, my box cereal says it's a whole grain. <laughs> but when they make something into flakes or O's or whatever, they have to flakes cook it. Flakes or what? O's. O's? <laughs> like uh, Fruit Loops or Cheerios. Oh, oh okay. Or the O's. Like yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, and you cook it until you can spray it out into funny shapes you have cooked it beyond the point of being a complex carbohydrate anymore. Oh, so it refines it, it makes it high glycemic index, oh, okay. and so this is why most box cereals will send your students with high blood sugars. Mm -hmm. And so what you want is to be able to recognize the morning cereal. So mucilage would be much better, where you can recognize, oh, there's an oat, there's a raisin, mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And, and then uh, fresh fruit is good, and you can pick different fruits. Some are less mm. on glycemic index. Apples are going to be lower mm, mm. Uh, than, say, figs. And uh, so you choose good fruits, and uh, whole plant foods are generally going to mm. be much lower glycemic index, mm -hmm. much more tolerated, much better at keeping the blood sugars even for the student, mm. give them better grades than your refined foods of any kind. Yes, yeah, very good. Well, I hope that hasn't been too much of a blow to anyone who's tuning in uh, to be, you know, to become aware of mm. all the places where sugar is hidden in in the soft drinks and in the even in in the breakfast cereals and fruit juices and all of that. And when it all adds up, it's really uh, really a lot. So. Thank you. It's good to have that advice on, on the lovely fruit that we can have to just, mm. you know, just, we've got some sweet taste buds and I'm sure they're meant to be satisfied, but not in the way that we've become That we've been doing it. To. There's a lot you can do and maybe people and particularly parents can focus on what they can have, not what we can't have. Yes. And start replacing that, that small steps principle again. That's right. Yeah, where they go and go, okay, well, let's change the breakfast menu and add in things and switch things around and yeah. put more fruit and more whole grains. And, mm. and I have found that if you cut up fruit mm. and put it out on a platter, it mm. will 
just disappear. Mm. You put out whole fruit, people who aren't accustomed to having much mm. won't, um, won't really go for it very much. And I've done this many a time. And I'm astonished at how much fruit people will eat, eat when they're not even accustomed to do it. They'll eat a dinner plate of fruit yeah. if it's there and it's all, um, it's all wrapped up. So that's our program for today. And if you'd like a fact sheet of the program or you'd like to watch our programs on demand, just visit our website on 3abnaustralia.org.au and then click on the watch button. And John and Jennifer are happy to answer your questions personally. Just email them on healthyliving at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We look forward to having you join us next time on Healthy Living when we have other subjects which I feel sure will interest you.